Hello, and welcome to another DBSA podcast. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches Trashy Books, and with me is Jane Litt from Dear Author. This week, we're talking about holiday romances, a few that we liked and some that we didn't, which is actually most of them. And Jane is going to tell us about a older Regency romance that she loves more than many, many other books to the point where I kind of want to read this book like right now. And I have some messages from Harlequin, who sponsored the podcast. Thank you, Harlequin. If you are ready for the holidays, Harlequin is so ready for you. Book lovers are fun to shop for. Your first stop can be harlequin.com's Christmas shop. Our savvy elves have chosen the best books for anyone on your list. Visit harlequin.com slash Christmas gift shop for more information. Because, you know, that's what I need to do is spend more money on the internet. I haven't done that enough. The music you're listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater, and I'll have some information about the artist and the musician at the end of the podcast. And now, on with the discussion. So today we're talking about Christmas books, right? Yes, holiday books. Which, my favorite. Yeah, which I was my first question. Why don't you like holiday books? <sighs> I find that they're over-sentimental. You think? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, they are. So what what is it about the sentimentality that you don't like? Is it just too treacly and, and too sweet and not enough real emotional conflict? Yeah, I just, uh, I, I, I don't like overly saccharine stories. And I think that the holiday uh, romances bring that out quite a bit or emphasize that sort of thing. I also don't think that uh, being around your family is always as uh, rewarding as romance books like to play it up. In fact, I think I read some statistic that there that uh, the holidays is one of the most stressful times of the year, particularly because you are with your families and you have all these other things going on. And I, I just uh, I, they're just not my favorite. And and you know the fact of the matter is a lot of people don't celebrate Christmas. Really? No way. That's like my number one beef with the whole holiday romance um, extravaganza, too. That and, well, not everyone celebrates Christmas. And not everyone likes Christmas. There are people who celebrate Christmas who hate it because, like you said, it becomes a, a very stressful family holiday. What I resent most about the Christmas romances as a whole and most of the Christmas season marketing is that there is this relentless message of this is how you ought to feel about Christmas and this is how you ought to observe Christmas and this is how you ought to do things on Christmas and if you're not doing these things then you're not having the correct experience and you're not doing it right and A, I'm Jewish and B, I converted so I'm pretty fluent in what should have been Christmas and wasn't and then I'm also familiar in what it feels like to not celebrate it there's a whole population of people who are not within the, the, the romance holiday collection and I have been bugging politely that I know Harlequin released several Hanukkah themed romances and I would love to have them put them in a bundle so there could be a Hanukkah bundle even though some of them are very out of date and the covers involve very 80s sweaters wow and they're they're very as you know Bob with some of the Jewish things presuming I think that the reader doesn't know about Hanukkah <laughs> Like, as you know, we fly, we fry the latkes in oil. No crap, really? Like, what mom says that to their daughter? But you're right. I, I, I wish that there were not fewer holiday romances, but more romances that actually talked about what the holidays are really like for some people and that they're effing miserable sometimes. I think Brenda Novak's new book is sort of doing that. 
I haven't read it. Um, I did pick out a couple um, holiday romances that I ended up liking. Me too. Um, I think we both agree that um, we like Shannon Stacy's uh, holiday novellas. And I actually think that the novella or the shorter format is a good way to present the holiday story because in that shorter format, they don't have, authors don't have as much time to become so saccharine. Um, and, and I think that the Christmas anthologies or the holiday themed anthologies are a real smart way to deliver that kind of nostalgic punch. Yes. And it also focuses the conflict on a very specific length of time, which works well in a novella because the holiday is usually one or two days, unless you're Jewish, in which some of case, some of them are eight. It focuses the attention on a very specific length of time and a very specific point of sort of setting climax like this is Christmas and if there's a problem with Christmas here it is you can address the day now now I've heard that holiday themed anthologies are super successful have you read the new Karina anthology with Christy Barth and Helen K. Diamond and there's a third name and I forget it and I'm sorry I'm going to look it up (laughs) hang on there's going to be typing now sorry J.C. Burton what the hell is wrong with me J.C. Burton Helen K. Diamond and Christy Barth. Have you read that anthology, the new one? I did not. Um, J.C. Burton, uh, in her shorter, I, I read the last two years of novellas from her. She was in the Shannon Stacy one, mm-hmm. uh, along with, was it Lauren Dane and Megan Hart? Yes, Naughty and Nice or Sugar and Spice or something and Sweet. Yeah. And and they didn't really appeal to me, so I kind of in ba- in the Christy Barth book, uh, which I know Christy Barth is a favorite of Angela James, and my taste with, um, re- generally coincide really well with Angie, but uh, I couldn't get into her, so I passed that over. Plus the holiday theme, and so it was just <laughs> a no brainer that I should move on to other stories. I'm, I started the Helen K. Diamond novella last night because it is set in West Virginia. And I, I grew up close enough to West Virginia that I went there a lot because Pittsburgh's pretty close. So I really wanted to find out about the novella. But so far, I haven't been sort of grabbed by it. I'm only about a third of the way in. I'm also, this is really horrible. I'm a harsh novella reader. Like, even though it doesn't take that much time and it's a very short length, if you don't grab me very, very quickly in the beginning, I will move on very quickly because a boring novella seems almost more annoying to me than a book because I can put the book down easily if I'm three quarters of the way in through a boring novella. I'm going to finish it and then I'm going to be annoyed with myself for finishing it. I do love Holiday Sparks, which is the Shannon Stacy novella from, I think it's 2010. And the premise is the Shannon Stacy premise, which is somebody's coming back to town and this is temporary. Oh wait, no, it's not. In that one, the, the conflict is not only based on the fact that the heroine is house sitting for her parents and is probably going to go back to Boston, but that the hero had a former girlfriend who wanted to leave their small town and he didn't want to leave. And he now runs a business there. That's pretty successful. And he likes his life in town and doesn't want to leave and is sort of figuring out that he might not be able to find someone who wants to be with him and live in that town. And it's really perfectly done. It's one of the most perfectly, and this sounds so dry, perfectly structured novellas. Like the tension comes along at the right place and they're both very open about the fact that they think each other is really hot. And it's, oh, I love that book. I must have read that story 10 or 12 times now. 
And I'm not one for holiday novels or holiday novellas. They're not the things that I go back and reread. But I love that book. That's easily my favorite novella. Well, I, I actually might read the Helen Kay um, novella. I really like kind of the, the setup that she has going. It reminds me a little of the Kowalskis. It's set in kind of a smaller town in, yes. in West Virginia. So the premise of the Helen Kay book is really cute. So I don't know how far you've got into it, but the heroine um, has like a three-day fling with the hero, but he gives her a fake name. And uh, when she dis- when she runs into him again, she discovers that he's given her a fake name. She becomes really angry, so she pretends like she doesn't remember him. I just got through that part, and he's really ass-hurt that she doesn't remember him, which I thought was so well done. <laughs> and uh, and he uses his brother's name. So what what is his excuse? Like, why did he do it? I haven't gotten to that part yet. I had to go to sleep. <laughs> I'm going to read it. Though. I'm going to read the rest of it this afternoon because I have many all, all of the errands to do today. So I'm going to be well, waiting in line. you'll have to record then the ending and see what you think of it. I will. I will have to update and see what I say because it doesn't take long to read a novella. What other um, holiday books do you like? All right. Well, and this is kind of funny because I really complained about the saccharine nature of books, right? Right. And and so the the ones that I actually end up liking are fairly saccharine. Of course. Um, back in I think 2010, when um, Harlequin introduced the bundle, a, f- a couple of authors or four or five authors got together and put together their own bundle. And in the bundle was a book by Helen Brooks. I had never read her before. And I really enjoyed it. Now, Helen Brooks, like many Harlequin Presents authors, writes essentially the same book over and over and over again. But um, because it's a successful uh, formula, I think that's why authors do it, because readers then return and have a certain expectation about the type of story that they're going to get. I know for myself, when I read a Helen Brooks book and I don't get that (laughs) story delivered, I am disappointed. Yeah, I know. I'm a I'm exactly the type of uh, uh, reader that I complain about. So Helen Burks writes a Christmas story. I think it's called The Christmas Bride. Oh, it's His Christmas Bride. Sorry. So His Christmas Bride, as opposed to The Christmas Bride and the other incarnations of Christmas Bride, of which which there are probably many. (laughs) There's thousands, right? (laughs) Yes, really, if you Google it, it's kind of scary how many there are. Wow, there really are a lot of Christmas brides. Anyway, as you were saying. His Christmas Bride was in um, the December one-click buy. Do you remember when they used to offer that as well? Yes. Those things were just evil. (laughs) That's a lot of money. So the the heroine is Blossom Winter. She's a fashion photographer. She falls in love with one of the male models. They get married and are happy. Um, she introduces uh, her husband to all of her print and TV contacts, and his career begins to take off. One day she comes home, and uh, her husband has left her. Not only has he left her, but he has cleaned out their joint account, and he left her for someone um, who he had lived with before he had gotten married to Blossom. And it find, she finds out that her entire marriage was a scam, that he had married her for the purpose of using her for her contacts, and then essentially robbing her, and then he goes back to his previous girlfriend. Ouch. So Blossom just, you know, decides that she's going to rebuild her career, and she's off of men entirely. Dum, 
can't say as a blamer. Her sister has some uh, stomach pains and has to be taken to the hospital over the holidays. And so she agrees to watch the four children when uh, her sister and her sister's husband go to the hospital. And then her sister's husband's um, boss comes to the house, finds Blossom there, and uh, he begins to pursue her. Um, his, her sister warns her off because he's a notorious, well, not notorious, but he doesn't, hasn't settled down. He's rich and he thinks, she thinks that he's the wrong person for her, for Blossom to get involved with after the Dean debacle. And he pursues her and pursues her and she, you know, has feelings for him, but she doesn't, she can't trust him. And even though he tells her he loves her and that he's going to continue to pursue her no matter what, um, she just she just can't trust him. Mm-hmm. And um, it's very romantic. I thought how he uh, doesn't give up on her, even in the face of like determined resistance. Of course. So I thought that was really a sweet story. That sounds like yeah. something I want to read. I will be buying that. <laughs> I will be buying that right now. And I just bought an ass ton of, of books because last night I used up my fiction wise micropay and then today everything is on sale and um, I've had to tell myself no more buying of things unless they're gifts in which case it's okay. That's funny. So I have four different holiday romances that I liked, although one of them isn't quite a holiday romance. In <gasps> I'm sorry. <laughs> On, in Bertrice Small's Blaze Wyndham, there is a whole s- s- chapter or two, I think. The thing about Blaze Wyndham is that it's not technically a Christmas romance, but it takes place over such a long period of time that there are a bunch of scenes where Blaze is hosting Christmas at her new home. And it gives me, as the reader, a really beautiful picture of what the holidays were like at that time. And there were all these different traditions that don't happen anymore and some that do. And knowing that Bertrice Small puts a lot of historical detail in her books, even though it could be, if you look at it now into a more, a reader who isn't used to historicals from, you know, 20 years ago, it might seem like a lot of info dump. I found it fascinating. And the, that was probably one of my favorite parts of the book, which is really a saga. And she ends up with like three different guys at some point. The holiday scenes in that book are really interesting. And if you grab the copy just to read those, you don't have to read the rest of the story if you don't like it, but you get a really interesting portrait of what it was like to celebrate the holidays over Christmas through, I think, Epiphany. Well into January, I think, the holidays continue. Now I'm going to have to go back and reread the story. There's a lot in there. We already mentioned Holiday Sparks, which I loved a lot. And my book club selection this month is Season for Seduction by Teresa Romaine. That is a holiday romance of sorts. The confinement of time of of some of most of the plot is the holiday house party of a really determined, somewhat wasteful rake. And he has a two week house party that is usually so scandalous and the source of so many rumors that being invited is something questionable for your reputation. But hearing about it will be enough to entertain you for the rest of the year. He has a cousin who frequently dares him to do things, and he has a reputation of never losing a bet. So he is dared to invite a somewhat respectable woman who is a spinster or close enough to it 
And the dare is that she has to stay the entire two weeks and not leave the party completely scandalized and running away. So he has to set up his house party. And instead of just allowing his guests to get drunk and drink everything in his house and play bawdy games, he has to pay attention to what's happening and keep her around. Meanwhile, she's a bookworm and she's just really excited to go hang out in his library and be invited to the scandalous party because she figures this is her last chance to do something when she doesn't necessarily want to lose her reputation, but she's not using it to get married either. Because it's a house party and because they're, they're sort of confined in his estate for two weeks, there's a lot that can happen, but it also gives a sort of urgency. Like she has to stay, but you also kind of don't want her to stay a little bit because he is not the best person yet and the cousin is kind of a douche. And so there's a there's a tension in the time limit, but it's also I really like house party romances. I find how I find estates outside of London in historical romance much more interesting than being in London to the point where I'm now looking for romances that are outside of London. Like I like that um a a the Cecilia Grant book A Lady Undone Lady Uncovered A Lady in a Green Dress with Her Hair that's what it's called A Lady in a Green Dress with Her Hair by Cecilia Grant <laughs> what's it called? A Lady Awakened thank you Green Dress Hair Awakened Let's see isn't it sad I can't remember titles um, that book takes place in the estate I don't even think they go to London once and it's way more interesting to me that particular life especially when the person who's responsible for the estate has to show up and be responsible. It's not boring to me at all. I really enjoy it if it's done well. There's one Harlequin that I read that it was about Hanukkah and sort of like a house party, the duration of one of the character's visits is Hanukkah, so it's a little over a week. And as I said earlier, there's a little bit of As You Know, Bob, where where the heroine's mother is explaining why they do everything, like her daughter wouldn't already know that. But there is a lot of things that I like very much about Hanukkah it's not a gift holiday it's a festival about a military victory and it's become a gifting holiday because of its proximity to Christmas and the gifting gets gets on the nerves of a lot of people because it's not traditionally a gifting holiday it's a holiday for eating because that's what Jews do on holidays unless we're fasting there is however a very wonderful book if you would like to um, talk about religious difference called The Latka That Would Not Stop Screaming by Lemony Snicket, who's the same guy who wrote all of the series of Unfortunate Events books. And that is about a latka who runs around the neighborhood because it was put into a pot of too hot oil and went flying out the window and ran away. And it meets all of these pieces of Christmas who think, oh, well, you're like this part of Christmas. And he says, no, I am something completely different. And it's very much about the sort of feeling of exclusion that comes when everything around you is Christmas and you don't do that. Plus, it's funny. And... I'm also reading When Snow Falls by Brenda Novak, and Romantic Times picked this as their December book of the month or November book of the month, whichever one it is. I think it's December. It's a little women's fiction-y because there's a triangle established really early on, and I'm pretty sure I can tell who the hero is, but she's interested in more than one person. There's She's got bigger choices to make than I would expect in a romance. Usually it's kind of like, here's the hero, here's the heroine, and the tension comes from not someone else. The heroine is the daughter of a woman who is really abusive and cruel and somewhat of a migratory person. She never stayed in one person for very, in one person. She never stayed in one place for very long and 
she never, they never had a home or a place to live, and sometimes they'd live in a car, and sometimes they'd live on the street. Her mother is now dying of cancer, and she and her sister are taking care of her in the town of Whiskey Creek, because if you're going to have a small town, it is always better that it be named after an alcoholic beverage and some sort of natural formation. So they're taking care of her, and the mother is as mean as she always was, and even though she's dying of cancer, it hasn't improved her at all. So the heroine feels a lot of conflict about how she feels about her mother dying, plus it's almost Christmas, plus she's decided that it's time for her life to change because it's going to whether she likes it or not. And it's it's really sad in a lot of ways. Like, it's a very melancholy holiday set romance, which is part of why I'm liking it, because for some people, like I said, the holidays just suck. And it's nice to see that sort of melancholy and feeling of being left out represented in a romance, which usually you don't see that at all. First book in that um, Brenda Novak Whispering Creek series. Oh, you read that? That was a novella, right? No, I read the first book. Oh, that was a book? I thought it was no, a novella. No, there was a book. There was oh. a novella and then there was a book. There's three? Well, I should, I'm, I'm going to shut up from under my rock. Everyone, anyway. It was um, about um, a PR agent and a movie star. Oh, they're referenced in this one. They're, they're, that was a previous book. I should have recognized this was a previous story. How was it? Was it okay? Yeah, it was okay. It was all right? It was all right. I found there was a lot of similarities between that and the Susan Mallory Fool's Gold. The Whiskey Creek and the Fool's Gold? Yeah. Unintentionally, like they both had professional cyclists in their little towns, and I thought that was really odd. <laughs> what? They're everywhere. You don't have professional cyclists in your town? I'm sure we do. Um, but these are two small towns in California. Of course. <laughs> and they both have professional football players uh, oh, and movie everywhere. stars. Maybe there's everywhere. just a whole, there's only a certain number of professions that small town uh, romance heroes are allotted and professional cyclist is one of them <laughs> I've been keeping a list of the elements of a successful small town romance um, you know like recurring background characters recurring natural lands, landmarks um, baked goods pastries animals there's always a few elements that appear in everyone cyclist is not on my list <laughs> I will have to add cyclist football player. But then Bella Andre has that one family of extraordinary people. It's like the Avengers. The, the <laughs> is that the Sullivan the series? The Sullivans, they're like, they're like the Avengers. Like one of them is a football player and one of them is a baseball player and one of them is a billionaire and one of them is something else. I mean, they're all extraordinary in some way. It's like a family made up of the Avengers. That's hilarious. I heard that um, the series is so successful. She's sad that there's only eight siblings. <laughs> Surprise, illegitimate children you didn't know about will arrive soon. Well, I guess that the next series will be Cousins. Of course. Of course, it has to be. I hope one is a professional cyclist. He damn well better be or she's violating the law. My other um, holiday recommendation is A Curious Courting by Laura Matthews. It is a traditional Regency Um, I'm not sure when it was originally published, but I'm going to guess in the 80s. It was republished digitally um, by Belgrave House, and I read it back in 2006. It is actually one of my favorite books. The holiday uh, aspect of it is very light, but it includes snow and sleigh rides. Well, what more do you need? (laughs) That's that's holiday-ish, right? Totally. Very holiday-ish. Yeah, and I think the heroine puts on like a 
a red cape with ermine trim. I always thought that those sounded so luxurious. <laughs> I, I can see that. <laughs> uh, the, the heroine is um, Selena, Miss Easterly Cummings, and she's a very wealthy young woman. That is one of the best Regency heroine names I've ever heard. Selena? Like, the whole thing. Easterly Cummings? That could be sewn on a sampler. That's huge. The hero, Mr. Gareth Rushton, refers to her as Miss E-C in his journal. <laughs> of course he does. Of course he does. <laughs> All right. When she's 18, her um, young cousin, Henry, was involved in a terrible accident coming to her father's funeral. Right. And her parents, uh, his parents died, and so she becomes his de facto guardian at the age of 18. And so she's lived a pretty serious and responsible life. Um, she uh, dresses and acts like an eccentric. Uh, she's not given to any frivolity. Even though she's considered one of the area's great beauties, she does not engage in any kind of flirtations or courting. Um, the, she has a, a piece of property that's across the road from her own main property and it's a really beautiful Glen area right. and um, uh, a, a, a man had romanced her early on and she discovered it was because he wanted that piece of property and so she keeps this uh, dried rose to remind her of how foolish she was as a youth and it uh, uh, hardens her resolve against I see that I have a little trend of books that I like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> um, so um, Rushton wants to buy this piece of property, and, and, and she refuses him all the time. And then he, uh, and he really is angry at her, thinks that she's totally irresponsible and uh, intractable. So he's a little different than Zeke of the Helen Brooks book. Right. Um, but uh, later on, uh, he be, he tries to court her <laughs> without much success. She doesn't re realize he's courting her because she's b kind of been so abrupt with men before. And so he she misreads all of his actions. Of so course. he tries to do something nice and she thinks it's something awful. Um, it, it's a very subdued romance but uh, I, like I really liked the tone of it I mean it, it has a great period feel and um, I just thought it was a lovely romance so it's not exactly Christmassy but it's like I said it has snow well and sledding and sledding yeah are there any other holiday romances that you wish you could see or are there, are there holiday romances where, where someone could present you with, this is a holiday romance, and it would appeal to you? Aside from uh, suitors with nefarious intentions. Because <laughs> right now, like, 80 writers are sitting down going, okay. I have to say that I, I do avoid holiday books, so it's not just not something I seek out. And when I see that it's a holiday story, I kind of, my brain kind of re revolts. So probably mention, not mentioning that it's a holiday theme story would be the best way to... <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Okay, so no holly, no sleighs, no Christmas, no nothing. But yeah. I, I think I think honestly that I'm an anomaly and that holiday stories are generally super popular. I, I had a thread once on um, Dear Author about holiday-themed romances, and people would come and say, oh, I don't really read categories, but I love the category holiday books, or I don't, I don't celebrate Christmas, but I love Christmas books. So I just think uh, other people other than me and maybe you know 10 others really enjoy these books <laughs> and that's all for this week's podcast I hope you enjoyed our discussion of holiday romances and don't hate us too much for disliking many of them future podcasts are going to talk about romance novels because that's how we roll if you have a suggestion feedback want to tell us we're wrong want to recommend a holiday romance want to recommend a topic want to yell at us want to order a pizza your call. You can email us at sbjpodcast at gmail.com or you can call and leave us a message at 201-371-DBSA. Don't forget, that is a U.S. phone number, so if you're calling from far, far away, make sure you have all of those tasty little minutes. And please remember to use your name and where you're calling from so we can include your message in an upcoming podcast. Our sponsor, Harlequin, has something they'd like you to know and you want to pay attention to this part because this is awesome. Get ready for Harlequin's Christmas countdown with daily deals and free stuff every day till Christmas Day. Starts December 1st at harlequin.com. And there's a different deal on something different every day of December. I love this sale that they do. It's at Harlequin's bookstore, only there. Sometimes it's 50% off all their ebooks. Sometimes it's buy one, get one free. It's always something different, so you check every day and then all of a sudden you have all these books to read. Yay! The music you're listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater. This band is called Caravan Palace, and you can get this album and all of their other music online at iTunes and at their website. Jane and I hope that you have a very warm and happy holiday season. And wherever you are, we wish you the very best of reading.